Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Come on now, it's so good to see you guys here today. Hey, real, real quick story. Uh, I was talking with a good friend of mine. His name's Devin a couple weeks ago, and uh, he lives in New Mexico. He's on staff at a church in New Mexico, but he was on his way to Phoenix, Arizona. He's a big Phoenix Suns fan. Any Phoenix Suns fans in the building? No. <laughs> Didn't think so. Didn't think so. He, sorry, Devin. If you're listening to this later, Sorry. Uh, but, but he was going to game two of the Suns Lakers, uh, in the NBA playoffs. And so we were just talking, we were talking about life. We were talking about ministry, talking about having kids, his wife and his four-year-old daughter were staying at home. So he's in the car driving by himself. And those of you with young kids, you'll get this. Like we were talking about how amazing it is sometimes when you have young kids to just get in the car and drive, right? Like you don't have to buckle your kids. You don't have to like answer a million questions. You can just drive. And we were kind of laughing about the fact that you know, the moment you drop your kids off somewhere and you leave, like it doesn't matter how, how crazy they drove you that day. It didn't matter if they pushed every single button that you have. The moment you leave, you're kind of like, man, I miss those turds. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And I know, parents, I know you guys do this because I do this. Like I could be looking forward to bed, bedtime all day long. Like I cannot wait until this kid goes to bed. They're driving me crazy. And then the kid goes to bed and then I go to my room and I pull out my phone and I look at pictures and watch videos of my kid. <laughs> Like, it's crazy how much we can love our kids. And yet, if we were to take all of the love of every parent in this room and pull it together, it would still pale in comparison to the love that our Heavenly Father has for us. And so I just wanted to start this morning by, by encouraging someone. Maybe you walked into this place carrying some shame or some guilt because of mistakes that you've made. Maybe you walk in feeling like you don't belong because you're like, surely God could never accept me after the things that I've done. Surely the church fam could never accept me after the mistakes that I've made. And I just want to remind you today that, listen, it does not matter what you have done wrong or where you've been or the mistakes that you've made or how often you've messed up or the struggles that you've had this week. Listen, if you have breath in your lungs, God loves you. Come on. Are you thankful for God's love today? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen. My name's TJ. I'm an associate pastor here, man. I'm excited to be hanging out with you guys today in Newcastle. I love your pastors, Pastor Matt and Julie. They, they are some of the most incredible people I've ever met. Uh, insanely just fun to be around, insanely helpful. Even just yesterday, I was having some car trouble here in Newcastle. And so I called Matt and he's trying to work all his connections and trying to help me out uh, in a difficult time. Because how many of you know car trouble about make you lose your salvation? You know what I mean? Like it's... <laughs> It ain't fun. So, man, they, they're just incredible people, and they love uh, this church. They love the people of this church. They love this community, and you guys are blessed to have them as your lead pastors. Can you honor your pastors today? Amen. Well, so it is. I mean, it is officially summertime, uh, which means it's time for all the fun summer things, right? Grilling out with the fam, going on vacation, like maybe even getting the motorcycle out or taking the top off the Jeep or going out on the boat. Man, it's, it's summer. Maybe you don't like any of that. Maybe you're like, no, 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 summer's too hot. I burn too easy. I'm just going to stay inside the air conditioner and watch movies all summer. That's fine. It's summertime. Do what you want, man. I love summer. But, but I do got to be honest. Um, but probably my least favorite act, summer activity is swimming. I don't like it. 
I just, I don't find it fun. I don't find it relaxing. I think the water is literally always too cold all the time. Like I know some of you love to just lay out in the sun and you get all hot and toasty and then you jump in the water and you're like, ah, it's nice and cool and refreshing. I get that some of you like that, but some of you also like fighting with people on Facebook and like that doesn't make it right. You know what I mean? Just because you like something doesn't make it right. And so I remember, man, I was, oh, I don't know. I was probably seven or eight years old when I was first learning how to swim. And I wasn't obviously very good at it. I was getting a little more comfortable with swimming in the deep end as long as I was close to the wall. Uh, and that summer we went to the Jackson family reunion, my mom's side of the family, this house we were staying at, a big house. It had a, a huge backyard, a swimming pool, diving board. I mean, pretty sweet. And, and I remember watching all my cousins jumping off that diving board, having a bunch of fun. And, and I'd never jumped off a diving board before. I saw, so I'm nervous. Like I, I've never done that. I'm scared. I don't know if I can do it, but finally I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. So I get up on that diving board and my legs are all shaky and I get to the edge of the diving board and I'm looking into the water. And then finally, with all the courage that I have within me, I jump off that diving board and into the water. And the moment that I sink into the water, I panic because I realize that I am in over my head. Like literally I'm in over my head, but figuratively I am in over my head because any other time, that I had jumped into the deep end of the pool, it was always close to the wall, always close to the wall that I could grab onto and hold onto. But now here I am in these open waters, right? And I've got these giant, this giant chasm between me and the wall. And so I panic and I start kicking and paddling and I get myself to the top and I yell out for help. And, and, and I'm trying to remember like all the things my mom taught me when she taught me how to swim. But listen, when you are in over your head, all that training just like goes out the window, right? So I'm panicking panicking and I'm struggling and I'm like, this is how it ends. And then after what feels like an eternity, I finally feel these arms wrap around me. And these arms, they bring me up to, to above the water. They carry me over to the side of the pool. And when I look back, there's my mom with her t-shirt and her jeans and her tennis shoes still on. <laughs> Yeah, lifting me up out of the water. So no, I don't like swimming, okay? Like, <laughs> and it's because I remember what it's like to be in over your head, in over your head. That's a phrase that, that we'll hear quite often, in over your head. What does, that, what does that mean? I wanna give you a few hypothetical examples, but I need some crowd participation. 10 o'clock, can you help me out with some crowd participation today? Okay, so when I say the words you are, I need you to say in over your head, okay? I say you are, you say in over your head. Let's try that. You are in over your head. Not bad. Okay, so for example, if you sign up to run a marathon next week, but you haven't trained at all, you are in over your head. For sure. Uh, if you have four kids under the age of four, you are in over your head. If you got one kid under the age of one, you are in over your head. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. If you ask your wife where she wants to eat and she says, I don't care, you pick, you are. Yeah, she cares, 100%. She cares. <laughs> if you want to remodel your kitchen and so you go to your husband, you're like, hey, I think we should remodel our kitchen. And he says, oh, I can do that. You are. Yeah, he can't buy, like, pay someone to come do that for sure. Unless he's in construction, then it, you know, that doesn't count. But listen, the, the, the fact is, is we all know what it's like to be in over our heads. We know what it's like to be overwhelmed in life. 
And I love those movies. They start off with someone like being chased and they jump out a window and there's glass flying everywhere. Sometimes their hair is on fire, cat stuck to their leg, right? Like it's this crazy intense moment. And then all of a sudden record scratch, freeze frame. Yeah, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got there, right? Y'all ever seen movies like that? And the whole movie tells you how they got there. I feel like when we find ourselves in over our head in life, we'll often have those freeze frame moments. We're like the kids are stressing us out and, and work is stressing us out and family drama is at an all time high. And we've stretched ourselves too thin by saying yes to too many things. Then all of a sudden record scratch, freeze frame. How in the world did I get here? How did I get here? How did my life get to be so stressful? Like, like how, how, did I, how did I let my, my physical health, my mental health, my spiritual health drift this far? How did my marriage get this bad? How in the world did I get here? And the thing is, is today I'm not going to necessarily attempt to answer that question because I don't know how you got there. If you find yourself overwhelmed, if you find yourself in over your head in life, I don't know how you got there. I don't know if maybe you got there because of just some bad mistakes or bad decisions that you made. I don't know if you got there because it's just simply a difficult hand that you've been dealt in this season of your life. I don't know if it's a trial that God's taking you through this so that he can grow you through it. I don't know if it's just as simple as the fact that we all have a real enemy who is out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he is fighting particularly hard in your life right now. I don't know how you got there, but if you feel, or if you have ever felt, or if you will ever feel in over your head, man, I've got some good news for you today. Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse one, here's what it says. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Come on up. That's not good preaching. That's good Bible. You know what I mean? Like that is good stuff. Listen, when you feel in over your head, remember this. Remember that you belong to God. You belong to God. In our passage, and literally in the first verse, God, he says, you are mine. And I think for those of you who maybe find yourself overwhelmed and over your head in life today, and you're just there because it's just simply the deep waters of life that you find yourself in. I think it's easy for you to hear that truth that you belong to God, to believe that, to accept that, to be comforted by that, because you understand that just because you find yourself in the deep waters, it does not mean that God has abandoned you. You belong to him. But for those of you who maybe find yourself overwhelmed in over your head in life today, and quite honestly, it's some of your decisions that got you there. I think it might be a little more difficult for you to hear that truth, to accept it and to believe it. See, it might, you might struggle to believe that you belong to God because you don't feel like you're deserving of that belonging. And for those people God doesn't just declare your belonging, but he speaks to your doubts. How can you be sure that you belong to God? Well, first you belong to God because you were created by God. Verse one, he who created you, he who formed you. And I love this. The word formed, it means to fashion and to mold into shape as a potter molds and shapes and forms the clay. 
And the thing about pottery is that the potter can take the clay and he can mold it into whatever he wants it to be for whatever purpose he wants to use it for. Romans 9 verse 20, it says, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? See, the idea that God has formed us as a potter forms the clay, it's both challenging and encouraging. It's challenging because if God has formed you, then it is God who gets to determine the purpose that you serve. And so maybe some of you find yourself in over your head today because somewhere along the way, you stopped focusing on God's purpose for your life and instead you started trying to do your own thing. Now, now it's not always the case, but, but think about it. Jonah. Jonah found himself in the belly of a fish because he got on a boat that was heading in the opposite direction from where God wanted him to go. Even David, King David, if you look at the latter part of David's life, it is filled with reality TV level family drama. Like it's crazy, y'all. And it all stems from his sins of adultery and murder with Bathsheba and Uriah. Or even a guy like Samson. Samson found himself blind and imprisoned because he had fallen short of the standard that God gave him and had given himself into the temptation of the enemy. So listen, this is not a blanket statement for everybody, but let's be honest. Maybe some of you find yourself in over your head today and you've got no one to blame but yourself. You've been trying to do your own thing when it is God who has formed you and God who gets to determine your purpose. It's, it's challenging. It's challenging, but it's also encouraging. It's encouraging because if God has formed you and you have breath in your lungs today, that means God still has a purpose for your life. So, so maybe, yeah, you've gotten off track. Maybe you've drift, drifted a little bit. Maybe, maybe you find yourself in over your head and you're the one who got yourself there. Yes, yeah, somewhere along the way you got derailed. But listen, that does not mean that God's purpose for you has been lost. He still has a purpose for your life. Why? Because not only did he create you, but listen, you were also redeemed by God. He's just not your creator, but he is also your savior. I mean, just look at, look at how Isaiah starts this passage. He says, he starts in verse one, but now. And when you see words like, but, however, therefore, in, in scripture, you gotta look at the context. There's this old saying in Bible study that when you see the word therefore, you gotta find out what it's there for. And so it's the same thing with this word, but, B-U-T. And so in this context, Isaiah, he's writing this chapter prophetically. He's writing in the eighth century B.C., but he was writing to the Israelites who would be living 200 years later in the 6th century BC who would be living in exile because of their unfaithfulness, because of their sin, because of their rebellion against God. They have been taken from Israel, taken from their homeland, taken from their promise and are living in exile in the Babylonian empire. They are, they are living under the power, the oppression of a foreign power. They are in over their heads and they've got no one to blame but themselves. Chapter 42, which comes directly before our passage, here's how Israel is described. Israel has been revealed as blind, inattentive, falling short of the Lord's plan, defeated, sinfully disobedient, and spiritually uncomprehending and insensitive. All throughout, all throughout Israel's history, 
They had turned their backs on God. They had turned to serve and to worship false gods and false idols. They had given themselves to the passions of their flesh and completely disregarded the purpose that God has for them. And so what does our holy and righteous and powerful God say to their unfaithfulness? Here's what he says. Verse one, do not fear for I have redeemed you. Wow. Have you made a mess of things? Do not fear. Have you made some mistakes? Do not fear. Are you in over your head today because you got off track? Do not fear. And maybe you're someone today that you can contend, yeah, sure, God has created me, but, but surely somewhere along the way, because of what I've done, because of the mistakes that I made, somewhere along the way, God has cast me out and he has moved on without me. But Isaiah 43 makes it clear that God is not through with you. He hasn't cast you aside. He hasn't moved on to someone else. He isn't looking down from heaven, angry or frustrated or disappointed in you. No, he looks at you in your mess, in your sin, in the consequences of your own bad decisions. And he says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. The word redeemed here in this context, it speaks of kinship. It's, it's to make it possible for one who has been cast out to be brought back into the family. And listen, when God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sin, he made it possible for you that even though you were cast out, even though you found yourself in exile because of your sin, because of your rebellion, because of your unfaithfulness to God, when God sent his son, Jesus, he made it possible for you to be brought back into the family. You were created by God and you were redeemed by God. But then also you were named by God. The end of verse one. I have summoned you or I have called you by name. You are mine. You know, sometimes when my kids will throw a fit or go to someone's house and make a mess or do something weird or embarrassing, because let's be honest, kids can be both weird and embarrassing. And sometimes when we'll do that. I'll kind of joke around and be like, whose kid is this? Someone come get your kid. Whose kid is this? Throwing a big fit in the middle of the floor. Like, Who, whose kid is this? Someone come get your kid. And I always do that jokingly, like it's usually around people who know that that is for sure my kid. But even in my joking, if there's like ever a doubt that that kid belongs to me, it becomes real clear when I call them by name. Piper Grace, you better clean up. It's time to go. Ezra Joel, get up off the ground. Stop throwing a fit. No, you cannot have a tenth thing of donut holes. Like, no, like we have to leave some for the rest of the church. We can't do that, right? Girl loves her donuts. And she don't like being told what to do. Any parents of a four-year-old, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> those are my kids. I gave them those names. I called them by name. They belong to me. And you know something that you'll never hear God say? Whose kid is this? Someone come get your kid. Like making all these mistakes, like doing all these dumb things. Someone come get your kid. No, listen, I don't care how bad you've messed up. I don't care how many mistakes that you've made. I don't care that when you look at yourself, you might see broken. You might see mistake or useless or stupid or disappointment. Listen, when God looks at you, you know what he says? Yeah, that's my kid. I know they've made some mistakes, but they are still loved. I know they've gotten off track, but I call them forgiven. They are still chosen. Yes, I know they've gotten a little bit derailed, but my purpose for them has not changed. That's my kid. They belong to me. And I've still got an incredible purpose for their life. God says here, he says, do not fear. 
And you don't have to fear because your unfaithfulness has not scared away the purpose of God. You were created by God. You were redeemed by God and you were named by God. And therefore, you belong to him. And then from that foundation, from the foundation now where we can all, everyone in this room, whether you find yourself in over your head because of your own bad decisions or you find yourself in over your head because it's just the hand that you've been dealt in this season of your life, we can all listen and hear and believe and accept the fact that we belong to God. And from that foundation, God then speaks to the problem. Verse two, when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, when Victory Family Church, Newcastle, how we doing? When, not if, because at some point in your life, you will find yourself in over your head. And the imagery in this text, it actually speaks of those who are being dragged off by their captors into exile. It's, it's a foreshadowing of the waters that Israel would have to walk through, of, of the rivers that they would have to cross, of the fires that they would have to endure as they are dragged away from their home, from their promise, and they are brought into exile in the Babylonian empire. And God doesn't come to them and is like, hey, listen, you belong to me. So this is what was going to happen. But you get to avoid all that now. And like you're never going to go through hard times and you're never going to face difficulty. And like nothing bad is ever going to happen to you because you belong to me. No, no, no. In fact, all throughout the book of Isaiah, we see that God didn't just even allow this, but he ordained this for his ultimate glory and the ultimate good of his people. Like, like you ever heard that phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle. Sounds good. Might preach good. I hate to burst your bubble, but it's, it's not true. Like, it's just simply not true. In fact, the opposite is true. Because God will often and intentionally give you more than you can handle. Because it's in those moments that you learn to fully trust in and completely rely on him. Like if you can always face what life throws at you, if you can always handle what life throws at you, then like, what do you need God for? What do you need community for? What do you need church for? Like you got this, right? But listen, maybe, maybe if you find yourself in over your head today, maybe God lets you get there so that you can finally realize and believe that he is the one who keeps you, that he is the one who sustains you, that he is the one who helps you to keep moving forward. The, the question isn't, will you find yourself in over your head? Because the answer to that is an emphatic, yes, you will. But the question is, is when you get there, will you quit or will you lean into the second promise of verse two? Go back to verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. See, God's promise to you isn't that, isn't that you're gonna to get to avoid difficulty. His promise to you isn't that when you choose to follow Jesus, that your life is gonna be nothing but butterflies and good vibes, right? Like that's, God doesn't promise you that you're gonna to get to avoid difficulty. You're gonna to get to avoid experiencing pain or struggle or situations where you feel overwhelmed. But listen, when you find yourself feeling in over your head, remember that when you belong to God, you're never actually in over your head. You're not. You might go through the waters, but guess what? You don't go through those waters alone. You might go through the rivers, but God's promise to you is that those rivers will not overtake you. You might walk through the fire, 
but there's another who is in the fire with you. God is with you. And what is too much for you to handle will never be too much for him to handle. He will sustain you. He will keep you. He will forgive you of any sin. He will redeem your life. When you don't have the strength to move forward, he'll be your strength. When when, when you don't have the ability to, to hold yourself up anymore, he will hold you up. When you have lost all hope, he will be your hope. He's the one who empowers you to forgive the people that you can't forgive. He's the one who empowers you to move beyond the mistakes or the hurts or the pains of your past. He's the one who empowers you to break the addictions, to overcome, to to live out the purpose and the plan that he has for you. He's the one. And so, yes, you will find yourself in over your head. But you belong to God. And when you belong to God, you're never actually in over your head. I find it interesting that when God speaks here in Isaiah 43, he doesn't say when you find yourself in the water. He doesn't say when you're in the river. He doesn't say when you are in the fire. No, no, no. What does he say? When you pass through the water. When you pass through the rivers, when you walk through the fire. See, this too shall pass. When I got out of the, that pool that I thought I was going to drown in that day, I realized a couple things. I realized first that when you are in over your head, it feels like you're there for longer than you actually are. Like for me, it felt like an eternity. It felt like I was like kicking and paddling in those waters forever. But, but in reality, it was maybe like 10 seconds before my mom got me out of there. And I know for some of you, it feels like what you're facing. It feels like it's never going to end. It feels like you've been kicking, kicking and you've been paddling and you've been trying to keep your head above water and to keep yourself from drowning for so long. And it feels like it's never going to end. It feels like the pain's never going to go away. It feels like the anxiety is never going to subside. It feels like the struggle is never going to stop. It feels like it's going to go on forever. But listen, the promise of God today is that you will get through this. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to end the way you want it to end. And that doesn't mean that things are always going to work out the way that you want them to work out. But the word of the Lord is that these waters will not overtake you. You will not drown. And then the second thing I realized is that with my mom there, I was never actually in over my head. I wasn't like literally I was right, but I was never actually in trouble. In fact, in between services, I was talking to somebody that was like, listen, with my kids, it's almost like I know when trouble's about to happen. I know when it's coming, right? And I'm ready to jump in and save them. I'm sure, listen, my mom mom was not going to stand at the edge of that pool and like watch me sink to the bottom. She wasn't going to be like, oh, like I wish I could jump in and help my kid, but I just got these new shoes and I don't want to get them wet. Like, no, she's not going to do that. She's there to protect me, to watch over me, to keep me safe by myself. Yeah, I'm in trouble. But with my mom there, not a chance. Not a chance. So so yeah, your anxiety, it's too much for you. Probably going to take you under, probably going to drown you. But then I think about the fact that Jesus took that upon himself as he waited anxiously in the garden for his arrest. 
Yeah, your pain, too much for you. Probably gonna take you under, probably gonna cause you to drown. But then I think about the fact that Jesus experienced the pain of being betrayed by somebody that he loves. Your sickness, too much for you. And then Jesus bore those stripes upon his back so that you can be healed. Your sin was too much for you. And then Jesus subjected himself to the death consequences of your sin when he went to the cross. Your addiction, too much for you. And then Jesus conquered sin, death, hell, in the grave when he rose again, offering you new life. So yes, you will find yourself in over your head. But when you belong to God, you're never actually in over your head. Hear the word of God this morning. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God, we love you. Jesus, we're so thankful for your word today. How we're thankful for the promise that we have, Lord, that whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, Lord, we know that you are with us. The waters will not overtake us. God, we trust in you today. We lean into your presence today. God, that maybe someone in this place is feeling tired, feeling weary, feeling worn out because it feels like they've been in that water for an eternity, just trying to keep their head above water. God, may they rest today knowing that you are with them. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, maybe, maybe you're someone, you're, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're someone you've been living for yourself, living in sin, and you're tired of, of the place that that life has brought you to. Today, you want to make a decision, man. You want to be made new. You want Jesus to forgive you of your sin. You want to give your life completely and totally to him. Make a 180 to change everything today and to look towards him as he guides you into the purpose and the plan that he has for you. You want to give your life to Jesus today. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you. Would you raise your hand in the air if that's you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we pray this prayer together as a family? Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and giving me the chance to be made new. So today I trust you. I give you my life. I put all of my faith in you alone. Make me new. Wash me clean and help me to live my life for you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.